Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosold, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Good morning. We've made it to Friday here at the Farm Show. Getting the work done, getting our chores done. This morning it's 27 degrees right outside our back door. You've got Jill Welke here to get the chores done. And yesterday I went to the Western Wisconsin Ag Lenders Conference and sat in on some workshops, heard about the grain outlook. That one was done virtually, so that one there wasn't a ton of question-answer time with that one. But then I heard uh, Dr. Brian Luck. He's Associate Professor and Extension Specialist, and he talked about precision ag. And I find that fascinating, how what they can do with tractors and, and all the things that You know, you never thought of being able to do way back when and keeping keeping the farmers rolling with so much technology. And it's just fascinating to me. I'm (laughs) I've talked to different tractor manufacturers a little bit and gotten out there and saw some of the stuff they can do. And it's it's amazing to me all the technology that goes in there for running those tractors and everything. And I also talked to Dr. Marin Bozik. He talked dairy policy developments. And we'll be hearing from him sometime soon. I got a chance to chat with him about that and and what the outlook is for the dairy market. And he wasn't overly optimistic for this next year. But, you know, time will tell. And things change. The federal milk marketing orders talks are going to be starting here again again on the 17th of January or 16th of January in Carmel, Indiana. So that's, you know, a good thing they're going to be looking into that. Um for our farm news today, we're going to be talking about Equity Cooperative Livestock Sales. They bought another auction market. And yes, it is in Iowa, but with the equity cooperative livestock is all kind of intertwined. So it does kind of have an effect on what we do up here too. So I thought that was interesting. The Wisconsin Farmers Union received a $9,000 grant from Farm Aid. And we're going to talk about how nutrition fact panels, nearly 80% of U.S. adults read those panels before they decide to buy a food product. And the Wisconsin Association Affairs Annual Convention starts on Sunday, January 7th, and runs through Wednesday, January 10th, at the Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Attendees will enjoy educational sessions, a trade show, entertainment, networking opportunities, a business meeting, and various contests. The convention will wrap up on Wednesday evening with the selection of the 2024 Wisconsin fairest of the fairs. Good luck to all those contestants. I know we have some from our area. The Northern Wisconsin State Fair fairest goes down there and competes, and and uh, always a good thing to see those locals hitting it big and pre- having the composure to present themselves in a way that 
you know, really is a good contest. And a little later, we'll be hearing from Charity from Madison on a propane update. It's time for our first look at our weather. 27 degrees right outside our back door in cloudy skies. Today, we're going to slide on up to 33 degrees with a slight chance of flurries. We'll find out how slight when we talk to Mike Dandrea for the 13 first alert weather. Tonight, only down to 27. Tomorrow, 34 and some flurries. Tomorrow night, 24. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in the low 30s with a chance of flurries a little bit on Sunday morning, it says. And Tuesday, Wednesday, supposed to be getting breezy. Thursday, a high of 28 with a slight chance of snow. And as I said yesterday, I'm kind of looking forward to a little bit of snow. I know those kiddos at schools love to play in those snow piles. And from the snow angels to snowmen to just kind of rolling around. Last night I fed my cows their round bales. And it's kind of nice not to slodge through the snow. But it was kind of hard walking too because uh, I got home a little bit later than expected. So I had to uh, turn on those tractor lights. And the ground is a little bit frozen. or The ground is finally frozen again. And a little bit rough out there. I'm lucky I still have both my ankles. But the cows got fed and they are definitely happy. The Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's time for our first look at our temperatures around the area. Here in Eau Claire, we're sitting at 27 degrees and cloudy skies. Medford, 22. Rice Lake and Green Bay, Green Bay, both 25. Wausau, 23 and cloudy. Marshfield, 23 and cloudy. La Crosse, 28. Madison, only 19, but clouds out there. And Milwaukee, 27 and cloudy. And our today's weather is going to slide on up to 33 degrees and a slight chance of snow flurries. Tonight, 27. Tomorrow, 34 and flurries. Tomorrow night, 24. And then into the 30s for the highs into next week. So that's our first look at our weather. And let yesterday, I brought up... Uh, open house up at the USDA in USDA office in Menominee. And I ended up with a call from Bonnie Warndahl. And we did a little audio. So after the markets, we'll be hearing from her. It's time to get our first look at our markets. Brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Choice Fed. Choice fed beef steers are 165 to 171, with mixed steers 128 to 164. Choice fed beef heifers are 165 to 172, with mixed heifers 133 to 164. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 140 to 169. Choice fed Holstein steers are 145 to 150, with select and silage fed steers 96 to 144. Cows are 74 to 109. Bulls are 80 to 113. Butcher hogs are 30 to 79, with sows at 25 and a half to 29, and boars 10 to 15. New crop market lambs are 180 to 210. Feeder lambs are 155 to 280, with ewes at 95 to 135. Small goats are 12 and a half to 185. Medium goats are 120 to 260. Large goats are 150 to 460. Nanny goats are 115 to 270. Let's slide on over to our futures markets. 
live cattle. That market is trending downward. February, 171.12, down 72.5 cents. April, 174.30, down 45 cents. And June, 171.55, down another 42 cents. And our feeder cattle markets, that one is trending downward also. For January, 224.67, down $1.40. March, 225.65, down $1.37. April, 231.27, down $1.27. And May, 236.35, down $1.22. And our lean hog carcasses, those are trending upward today. February, 69.05, up 375. April 79.95, up 275. May 81.80, up $1.92. And June 89.85, up $1.75. So markets are kind of all over the place today. And there's Chicago Board of Trade. March corn, 466, down a half. March oats, 362, down two and a half. March soybeans, 1264, down three and a half. March soybean meal, $371 a ton, down four and a half. And our only upward market uh, from the Chicago Board of Trade, March wheat, 615, up two cents. And our dairy markets, our cheese markets, barrels, 141 and a half, no change from yesterday. 40 pound blocks, 145 and a half, no change from yesterday. Gray double A butter, 265, down three and a half. Class three milk futures, January, 1526, down a nickel. February, 1562, up $0.07. Cents. March, a little reprieve, up $0.13 cents to 1632 April, 1712, up $0.04. Cents. And May, no change from yesterday, sitting at 1775 And those markets are mixed through the end of the year. But mixed means not a lot, though. They're up a couple cents, down a couple cents. Not a lot of movement. And that's our first look at our markets brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. The winter season, January, February, offers a lot of opportunities to learn from open houses to educational opportunities to making some of those connections that we don't always think about. And here in January, the public has the opportunity to get together and meet some people at the USDA office in Menominee. And I'm lucky enough to talk to Bonnie Warndahl. She's a farm connector with Go Farm Connect. Tell me a little bit about the partnership, the new partnership between the USDA and the Go Farm Connect. So Go Farm Connect is um, actually a program through Renewing the Countryside. Renewing the Countryside is based in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Um, so we're a nonprofit that relies on grant projects, and Go Farm Connect is a grant project uh, that we started last year. Um, and the purpose is to basically we have um, connectors, which are um, mostly farmers themselves in Minnesota and Wisconsin. And our job is to kind of facilitate relationships um, with the Farm Service Agency and the Natural Resources Conservation Service at the USDA. Um, so there, there are resources available to farmers, uh, loans for um, 
you know, uh, it could be for startup costs, it could be for even a farm ownership loan. Um, the NRCS has resources for uh, conservation practices, grazing, those sorts of things. And so basically there's a, lot of, there's a lot of good government money out there that is really useful to farmers to build their businesses. And we are sort of charged with getting people in the door and making sure that they know about those resources and can access them. And a first-time partnership with the USDA and the Go Farm Connect can also bring in open houses and events that are happening. So what's happening very soon? So next Tuesday, um, January 29th, we are having an open house, uh, basically a meet and greet event <clears throat> at the Menominee USDA office that is on um, 390 Red Cedar Street. That is from 6 to 8 p.m. And so basically we are, we're gonna have some refreshments available and we're inviting any farmers that want to come to attend and learn about some of the programs um, that they could qualify for and resources that they could access through the USDA office. So this meet and greet event in Menominee at the USDA office from 6 to 9 on Tuesday, January 9th, a farmer wants to come, but I'm kind of curious, should they be bringing anything or should they be loaded with questions? How can they prepare so they get the most out of this open house? Sure. Well, just to clarify, the event is from 6 to 8 p.m. And uh, farmers do not need to bring anything, but if they do have questions, um, you know, we're going to be there to answer them. So how this is going to work is that um, a representative from each office, the FSA, which is Farm Service Agency, and NRCS, which is Natural Resource Conservation Service, um, they're going to kind of give a little bit of an overview of programs that are available. Um, and then we're going to have some time for question answer. Um, and then if there are people who want to sign up for those programs, they will have one-on-one -on -one assistance from myself and from the USDA staff. Um, so there's some, uh, you know, programs like uh, crop insurance, for example, if you're a small-scale vegetable or flower grower, um, you can actually get crop insurance. Um, and there are some other grazing programs for people who graze livestock, uh, you know, loan programs for equipment, storage. If there are specific needs that a farmer has on their farm and they would like to learn about, you know, how to finance that, they should definitely come with those kinds of questions. Um, and, and we can, you know, give them the best attention uh, that we can with all of the staff there. So tell me again, when is this event, and do we need to pre-register? Yes, it is January 9th, next Tuesday, January 9th, um, from 6 to 8 p.m., and we do ask that people pre-register if possible, uh, just so that the USDA staff can prepare. Uh, they actually want to have packets available for people when they walk in the door, um, and can even give you a farm number if you don't have one. So if you go to our website, which is gofarmconnect.org slash events, you will see right at the top of the page, uh, the first event on that page is the Go Farm Connect Dunn County USDA office visit. And there's a little RSVP button. Um, you'll have a few questions to answer, but it is a free event. There is no registration fee. And that's at the USDA office at... 390 Red Cedar Street in Menominee. Oh, it was good to have those open houses, and I really, truly enjoy the face-to-face -face contact 
and asking those questions in meet and greet sessions. And that was Bonnie Warndahl. She is the Farm Connector with Go Farm Connect. And I'm Jill Welke. We're going to take a look at some farm news. Equity Cooperative Livestock Sales Association recently purchased a full-service auction market in Mokokoda, Iowa, bringing the number of auction markets operated by Equity to 12. There's 10 here in Wisconsin and 2 in Iowa. And we get the markets from Stratford, Sparta, Barron, and Altoona. Those are all equity markets in our area. Equity will be investing in infrastructure upgrades to improve safety and livestock flow, upgrading the technology system, and participating in community outreach to stay more connected with the agriculture community. Equity Cooperative Sales Association has over 100 years of experience in livestock marketing and is excited to support local producers with more opportunities to market, manage, and finance their agricultural operations. And the Wisconsin Farmers Union received a $9,000 grant from FarmAid. Those funds are to help the organization as they support farmers and farm workers in the common interest of working together on operating farms, encouraging the membership to act as an alliance toward common goals and to help guide the Wisconsin Farmers Union membership to tell their farm story to the public in a way that consumers understand the relationship between their food and the farmers producing it. In total, FarmAid distributed more than $1.3 million in grant funding in 2023. And since its beginning in 1985, FarmAid has distributed over $27 million to over 300 different organizations. And here's a kind of a fun story I came upon. Nearly 80% of U.S. adults, or four out of five, use the Nutrition Facts panel on food labels when deciding to buy a food product, according to data collected by the USDA Economic Research Service. The Nutrition Facts panel on packaged foods lists the amounts of calories, fat, fiber, carbohydrates, and other nutritional information, giving consumers the tools to compare products and hopefully make healthier food choices. Standardized nutrition information for consumers started in 1990 on almost all packaged foods. And that's a look at our farm news <laughs> for this morning. We're going to do some more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Charity as she chats with Michael Newland. He's the Director of Ag Business Development in the, at the Propane Education Research Council. So we'll hear about how much propane is out there and what we're looking at for supplies. Keeping it rural in the Midwest Farm Report. The cost and availability of propane didn't take the spotlight this year with such a warm fall. This is making propane prices favorable, according to Michael Newland, the Director of Agriculture Business Development at the Propane Education Research Council. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and he says inventories are at their highest levels that they've seen in the last five years. So we look at 
supply uh, versus prior year versus five-year average. So going into the heating season, coming out of grain dryer season, going into heating season, we're, we're in a great spot from a supply standpoint. Uh, inventories are very high, uh, probably the highest that they've been in that five-year window. So from that respect, we're looking very good. That also leads right into probably a pricing conversation that, um, you know, supply and demand still applies in our industry. And with those higher supplies comes very stable pricing. So I think that's a great thing for folks who may be listening. And uh, I think uh, that could be probably conveyed into the, you know, into the future. Supplies, we don't see any disruptions coming. We're off to a relatively warm fall. Just had a cold snap here in the Midwest. But you know, in, in general, we're starting warmer than normal, and uh, that also has an impact on pricing. So what factors then are really influencing those pricing dynamics a little bit more? Kind of touched on them, but crude versus diesel versus gas. Take me through what that's looking like. So things that we do watch are crude pricing. Obviously, we watch um, competitive fuels, gasoline, and diesel as well. One thing was always very strong correlation between crude oil and propane. We've seen that very strong correlation kind of weaken over the last few years. So as crude goes and fluctuates, we don't see the fluctuation like we used to in the propane markets uh, along with the crude fluctuation. So I think we're, we're much more stable, quite honestly, than crude prices and subsequently gasoline and diesel as well fluctuates more than what uh, propane has in the last couple of years here. So we're really, I think we're on a supply track meaning the supply is really what's driving the stability within our fuel. We export 60-plus percent of what we could burn here in the U.S. We're burning 40, export 60 percent. And what that equates to in gallons is we burn just shy of 10 billion gallons of propane here annually in the U.S. So uh, that's one of the things that the Propane Education Research Council does. We're always looking for ways to expand our domestic markets to find uh, new ways of burning an ultra-clean fuel here, right here in the U.S. Where does the majority of the propane production happen? Propane today comes mostly from natural gas production, natural gas processing. We also get additional supply out of oil refining, but we used to rely as an industry more heavily on the refining side. That's really flipped, and the majority of the fuel today comes out of that natural gas processing uh, stream. There is room for growth. We continue to uh, expect that that supply is going to grow over time. Uh, the one thing uh, from an innovation standpoint, though, we track and are really uh, working hard to increase the supply of something we're calling renewable propane. Uh, why is that important? So all the processes that come uh, are being developed around the country and around the world to produce renewable diesel and renewable sustainable aviation fuel all produce a renewable stream of propane. So the molecule is the same as a conventional propane and as as far as renewable goes. The difference is the feedstock that produces that stream of propane. So fats, oils, and greases that produce renewable diesel in some cases, all the way up to new agriculture crops, uh, one in particular called camelina. It's a cover crop, very... Um, small seeded cover crop that doesn't take much water to grow, we think it's got a big future in the renewable diesel and in turn the renewable propane space. 
Are there any domestic logistical challenges that you're seeing within that? You know, the really the big one that our industry does pay attention to, uh, the biggest one that can cause an interruption or at least a temporary interruption is grain drying. Grain drying uh, in the Midwest is such a large volume and it can be so quick uh, in a very short duration of, of time, and that's what I mean by quick, that we use such a large volume of, of fuel uh, that that can strain our, our delivery system, our logistics system. Um, but what we've done, um, one, we just came out of a very dry grain drying season. We didn't use a lot of gallons in the country as a, as a total. Uh, but one thing our industry has done to uh, to combat that a little bit is we've got an internal model that we watch the crop, the corn crop, grow from the time it goes in the ground till the time it's harvested, and we are monitoring corn moisture on a weekly basis of that crop down to the USDA crop district level. And I think that's important for everybody to know because when we have had those big grain drying years, that model wasn't in place. And what I think this model does is gives us a forward look into the grain drying season, how much fuel we could use, where those hot spots are, where what crop districts or even state, you know, could be using more than, than a normal year. And I think it gives us opportunity as an industry to plan our logistics and um, just be ready for it. So uh, that's a big tool internally that we have uh, that we use on a yearly basis. Uh, that gets, uh, as I mentioned, updated on a weekly basis. And um, we watch those changes every week and uh, distribute that information to our entire system. And um, I think it's just a great planning tool for us. Are we having any issues getting propane where it needs to go? Are global events that are happening, are those having any serious effect on propane trade or are things looking good so far? You know, so far, so good. Last year was a bit of a challenge, um, not really here domestically, but Europe was struggling to get uh, fuel, any type of fuel for heat in some uh, countries. And we did uh, put a lot of propane into Europe last last winter. But this calendar year, nothing of that nature is happening around the world. Um, product is shipping as normal on a normal basis. So we feel very good going into a winter heating season with, uh, with where the industry is. We hear a lot about EVs and renewable energy. Why should propane be used as a vehicle fuel? Yeah, I think that's an awesome question. Um, it's, it's an opportunity for us to explain how clean the fuel actually is. So uh, we look at um, the carbon intensity scores of every fuel out there, and uh, I talk all the time whenever I get a chance to talk. Propane is, in my opinion, the cleanest commercially available combustion fuel on the planet. Um, you know, somebody's going to say, well, wait a minute, hydrogen is cleaner than you. And I say, well, I would argue that, gosh, you can't roll up to a hydrogen station today and put it in a vehicle. So. That day may be coming to where hydrogen uh, has a, a foothold. Uh, they've got some challenges, technological challenges to overcome, I think, as far as hydrogen goes. But propane today, it's available. It's been around for an awful long time. But propane is an incredibly clean fuel, and I think it's always going to have a place in our energy conversation. You know, specifically when you look at on-road markets, we're in school buses today. We're transporting um, about a million and a half students to and from school every day on propane-powered school buses. It's economical to buy the piece of equipment versus a battery-powered uh, school bus or car, for that matter. And um, the fuel itself is, is very reasonably priced. People will argue, well, you've got tailpipe emissions and an EV doesn't. Well, that's, that's an interesting story, but 
Uh, we all know that electricity doesn't magically appear at the wall socket. So when you look and study how that power in your area is produced, distributed through your wall socket, propane is actually cleaner in 38 states than the electrical grid. So we've got a, we've got a great story to tell. The facts are on our side. They're going to continue to be there. And if we can expand our renewable propane story, I think the story just continues to get better. Moving into 2024, what do you expect for the market? What do you expect things to be looking like? Yeah, I think I think what we'll do in 2024, we'll, um, we'll continue to innovate as an industry. Uh, we at the Propane Education Research Council are always looking for new companies, new projects uh, to help uh, that company come to market with a uh, next generation propane burning piece of equipment. So I think we've got some neat things coming there, specifically uh, in agriculture. We've got a really neat project that's being built in California today. Uh, we're going to use propane to produce steam that will be injected into the soil uh, to control soil nematodes. Uh, so I think that's a really cool technology. Uh, it's got a lot of neat applications, and it gets to replace some really bad uh, chemistry that we continue to use over and over and over. So. Things about nature are what drives our organization and the folks that do uh, what I do on a daily basis. So I would mentioned renewable propane. I think that's going to be a game changer as we go. It'll continue to allow us to have the uh, carbon intensity conversations with the energy folks around the world. And I think we've got a great story to tell. That was Michael Newland, Director of Agriculture Business Development for the Propane Education Research Council, giving us some insight into the supply and demand situation for propane and how it's shaping up for 2024. He says he's optimistic about the future and what's to come. And it's always good to be optimistic about the future for the propane because we still are always heating our houses. Morgan McCarthy is in the house and it's time to hear our local news. Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. A pursuit that started in the 118th Street of Lake Alley ended on County Highway F in Chippewa County. An officer recognized a vehicle that was associated with a wanted suspect, 36-year-old Christopher B. Anderson from Lake Alley, who had an active DOC warrant. The vehicle took off, leading officers on a chase, eventually stopping with the driver, 21-year-old Nikaya Hall from Chippewa Falls, and then Anderson as well, taken into custody with a search of the vehicle, turning up drugs and drug paraphernalia. Both individuals transported to a local jail for processing. In other headlines, a Barron County woman is headed to prison for one year after she stole from one of Wisconsin's Indian tribes. A federal judge yesterday sentenced 55-year-old Karen Johnson to a year and a day in federal prison as she stole over $200,000 from the St. Croix Chippewa Indians. She had worked as a clerk in the tribe's housing authority and investigators say she wrote herself checks and cashed phony invoices to line her pockets. The judge said Johnson needed to go to jail because she stole money that was supposed to go to people in need. When it comes to money, the two out-of-state experts who will likely redraw Wisconsin's political maps could very easily cost the state six figures each. The state Supreme Court is okay to contract to pay the two experts up to $100,000 apiece, but that number could go higher. The contract says the court can spend more if need be. Now, the experts are being brought in to redraw political maps for the Wisconsin legislature after the Supreme Court tossed them out just before Christmas. You probably remember that. And now that redraw effort continues. From public health, Wisconsin's RSV death 
toll is up to 14. The State Department of Health Services yesterday said there have been 14 deaths so far this season, and that number includes two children. Doctors say RSV typically peaks this time of year, and very young and very old are always more susceptible to respiratory infections. And they remind folks there are RSV vaccines, including one for older people and one for babies. Details online, if that's something you're interested in, those details with the link set up at 715newsroom.com. Now look around your house. Have you maybe picked up the wrapping paper? There are a few stray boxes. What about the tree? It's chopping. That tradition is laid out in the 12 Days of Christmas song, with the sixth ending the celebration on the Day of Epiphany with a big feast. It's actually considered unlucky to take down that Christmas tree before the 6th of January, but Home Decor Report says 51% of us already took it down on New Year's Day. And if you need something new to celebrate, January 6th is also the start of Carnival season. I'm Bree Tennis. But those lights, they can stay up well into March, right? We better head back to the barn as we do the chores with Jill Welke. Well, thanks, Morgan. My tree is still up. I haven't had time to take it down. I did clean up the wrapping paper and everything is in order, but the tree is still standing there in its last of glory. And I'm thinking that Mike Dandria is ready to talk weather with me. I'm always ready to talk weather, but Mark's my cousin. <laughs> and my uncle, I guess, too. <laughs> Mike, excuse me. That happens. It's it's all tiled up this morning. I'm getting kind of excited. I'm getting through the show here without messing up too much. But apparently, you know, the bottom of the hour kind of gets to me here. So That's thinking, where you bottom out at the bottom of the hour, right? Well, and I'm thinking too much is probably my problem. Sometimes that'll happen. So is your Christmas tree still up? It is. We always uh, keep it up until Russian Christmas. My mom is half Russian, so it was always a a sort of family tradition for her side of the family. And it's just something that I've kind of taken with me now. And uh, we've done that. Now, Anna and I, this was our second Christmas as a married couple. So we keep it up until January 8th since Orthodox Christmas or Russian Christmas is on the 7th. Well, you don't have too much time left. Nope. We'll uh, light it up a couple more nights and we'll be taking her down. Well, <laughs> that sounds like a plan. That's probably about what I'm going to be doing, too. And so. it's kind of funny that as soon as we're taking down the tree, it looks like we'll start to get a little bit more of a winter-like pattern. As leading up to it, this is where we'll have cloud cover still winning out, as we've had those mainly cloudy skies hanging around for about the last week now. We'll have a few chances at some flurries, even a few snow showers as temperatures climb to the low 30s. But later tonight, this is where we'll have our best chance at snow showers, at least for the, the weekend, as we'll have a mainly cloudy sky, of course, dipping to the mid to upper 20s. And some of us tomorrow, right around the Highway 8 corridor, could wake up to 1 to 3 inches. Meanwhile, here towards Eau Claire, waking up to about a trace to 1 inch. A couple more chances at some flurries for tomorrow as cloud cover continues to dominate with highs in the mid-30s. And then for Sunday, we'll start off in the clouds, possibly a lingering snow shower early on, but eventually giving way to a few peaks of that bright orb in the sky. Finally seeing a little bit of sunshine. Highs near 30. For Monday, cloud cover then makes a return, and that'll take us through most of next week. couple chances at some snow showers on Tuesday as we find ourselves on the fringes of a much larger system that'll impact areas well off towards our south and east. And then for Thursday, that brings us another chance at some snow showers. And beyond that, cooling off quite a bit. But for right now, temperature of 27 degrees with an overcast sky in Eau Claire, and that's the way it's shaped up, Jill. Well, that's an okay way to shape it up. 
I'd say so. We've made it this far into uh, winter relatively unscathed. I guess it's kind of time that we start to get some actual winter-like temperatures. Well, I'm kind of ready. I kind of like it when the snow comes out and refreshes all the ground, is what I always say. Yeah, and it's always really nice to look at. (laughs) And might make those snowmobilers happy, too. This is very true. All right. Well, you have a good weekend. You, too. And that was Mike Dandria for our 13 First Alert Weather. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Before we head to markets, we're going to look at the calendar. Tonight, down in Osseo, the Osseo Fairchild FFA alumni is going to be gathering for a meeting and social hour at Northwoods Brew Pub. It's with the social hour starting at 6 o'clock and the meeting at 7. We're going to be doing some reaching out to the FFA to find out what they're up to and find out how the FFA alumni and supporters group can support those kids as they are doing good things and growing and learning. The Wisconsin Fairest of the Fairs, the Wisconsin Fair Association is having their uh, convention down at the Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells starting on Sunday and running through Wednesday, with the highlight being the selection of the 2024 Wisconsin State Fairest of the Fairs. And bringing on back to our area, we've got the open house for the USDA office in on 390 Red Cedar Street, Menominee. That'll be on Tuesday from 6 to 8 p.m. And the residents, uh, farmers can go. You find out all the information of the support, the government programs that are out there. They'll be there to help you to work through that. And pre-registering is asked because they have will have some refreshments for you and packets. You need to go to Go Farm Connect and their website, and they will have a place to pre-register. That was the audio you heard earlier today. And we've got nutrient management education workshops starting up on Tuesday, January 9th from 11 till 2 at the Ag and Resource Center in Altoona. That uh, the first nutrient management education workshop is on Tuesday. And the next, there's another one on Tuesday. The next Tuesday, January 16th from 11 till 2. And then on Wednesday, January 24th, 11 till 2 at the Ag and Resource Center in Altoona. There's the Wisconsin Agribusiness Association, the 8th Annual Agribusiness Classic. And that is next Wednesday and Thursday, January 10th and 11th at the Alliant Energy Center Exhibition Hall in Madison. And that's about what we have for this week. We've got some other things coming in next week. We've got the Crops Input Nitrogen on Tuesday, January 16th. The meeting is 1 to 3 at the Blair Community Center on East Broadway Street in Blair. And the Wisconsin Farmers Union on Wednesday, January 17th is having their Farm and Rural Lobby Day. It starts at 10 o'clock at the Bethel Lutheran Church near the Capitol Square. They want you to pre-register as soon as possible. Go to the Wisconsin Farmers Union website and click on events, and that should lead you to where you need to go and register for that. And making that contact with our legislators and 
knowing what's going on in legislation as a farmer and somebody that's living in the rural area. Well, we need to do a few more chores, and then we're going to move on over to markets. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, after all that calendar, it's time. <laughs> we're moving into our markets. And we're going to hear from Equity Altoona and Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.45 to $1.67. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.45 to $1.62. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.50 to $1.55. Choice Holstein steers, $1.40 to $1.49. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.39 and down. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from $84 to $1.03. 60% of the cows sold from 62 to 83. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 61 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1.30 to $1.55. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from $1.29 and down. Cow bulls sold from 85 to $1.06. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $220 to $350 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $220 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $275 to $560 per head. Our next special feeder sale will be this Friday, January 5th, starting at noon. We're expecting 250 to 300 head for this sale. We'll have a lot of good beef and Holstein feeders at the sale. We'll also have a few bred beef cows and a cow-calf pair. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Well, thanks, Jim, for that update. And in true form, we've got Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford on the line ready to give his update on the markets. Well, Joe, good morning to you. Uh, well, first of all, before I was going to, I was listening to the weather guy, um, will the sun be available pretty soon? Or <laughs> It sounds like this weekend we could get a glimpse of it. I'm hoping. Yeah, it's been kind of, uh, I, I guess the folks that are relying on solar power, I don't know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Not. Hopefully they've got some in storage. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll tell the folks about what happened. Uh, we've got one week under our belts here at Equity Stratford for 2024, and we'll tell the folks about how things closed out this week. Joe, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. And on the cow market this week, mostly steady trend on the cows. Here on, these are conventional cows now. I yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows this week here at Equity Stratford, sold mostly from 84 to 104. We did top at 108. Most of the cows that we sold this week sold between 62 and 84. Thinner cows like our cows below 60. Uh, organic cows, uh, uh, steady market on those also. That was on Tuesday. We sell organics every Tuesday. High-yielding, good-quality certified organic cows uh, were from 140 to 154. And now we'll get back to the conventional-type cattle. Market bulls this week, the better-quality bulls, mostly from 92 to 105. Lighter-weight bulls, 90 and below. On the fed cattle trade, George creating Holstein steers this week, from uh, mostly from 136 to 149. High-yielding choice Holsteins from 150 to 153. Select grading cattle, under-finished cattle, uh, 130 and below. Fully steady on the calf market this week. Good demand continues on the calves. Uh, again, though, in the... 
changeable weather here. Uh, buyers are pretty selective. Uh, not a great demand for these lighter weight calves, but 9,230 pound Holstein bull calves are selling from 200 to 435 dollars. Fancy bull calves from 435 to a top of 510 dollars. Uh, heifer calves this week 150 and below. Beef calves again very strong, 300 to 625, and fancy beef calves topped from 630 up to a top of 670. And uh, taking a look at next week here at Equity Stratford, we'll be back to a full full marketing week next week. All four days we'll be operating, uh, of course, starting on Monday with our Monday auction. And our next uh, hay auction will be next Tuesday at 10. Next feeder cattle sale will be next uh, Wednesday. Uh, that will be uh, Wednesday afternoon at 12.30. So, folks, you got cattle consigned to these sales, let us know. 687-4101 is the uh, phone number. And, Joe, with that, we'll turn it back to you and big plans for this weekend. Actually, I've got something scheduled every day. Oh, well. <laughs> so uh, I... Friday night we're doing, uh, I'm doing the FFA alumni uh, meeting in Osseo. Um, and on Saturday there's going to be a gender reveal in the family. Then I got a birthday party for uh, another grandchild. So, well, you'll you'll have to come to work Monday just to rest. I'm thinking you're about right. <laughs> well, anyway, well, enjoy your weekend with your family and everything that's going on. And uh, it doesn't look like we're going to have anything catastrophic as far as weather. So, anyway, uh, we'll talk to you and Kristen on Monday morning. And in the meantime, have a nice weekend. You as well. And I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. And I'd like to share that if you hear something on the podcast that you'd like to hear again, I do put the recorded show, minus the commercials and the music, on the WAX website. So you go to the WAX website, click on Midwest Farm Report, and then you slide on down to the podcast tab, and you'll have all our podcasts all our shows from the past, I guess I've been putting them in there for a little more than two years, and I try to title them with some of the subjects that are in there. So if you find something that you'd like to hear again, there it is. And I also put all the weekend programming on there. And this weekend we'll be featuring the Thorpe FFA as well as the Eau Claire Clovers for the 4-H Club. And I get to talk, I talked to Mark Dank. He will be talking about a farm, oh gosh, I can't remember. We did a bunch of them, but he's a farm business instructor at Chippewa Valley Technical College. That'll be on Saturday morning. And then on Sunday morning, I talked to Jamie Cracklow. She's part of the NRCS and we talked forestry management. And I believe that's on right around that 530 hour, but if you miss it this weekend, I do put it on the WAX website. And as I said before, WAX website, click on Midwest Farm Report, scroll on down to the interviews tab for those weekend interviews, and the podcast tab has our show on it, and you can listen to it again at your leisure. And I've and that's just uh, another feature that we have in case you miss something or you want to hear it again. Or I know that uh, kiddos like to have their interviews shared, their weekend interviews, whether it's 4-H or FFA. They share the link on Facebook and grandma and grandpa can hear it and share it with the community. We need to do a little more chores and then we'll be looking one last look at our markets. 
For those who work in acres, not in hours. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And here's our last look at our markets for this Friday. Chicago Board of Trade corn for March is sitting at 466 down a half. March oats are 362 down two and a half. March soybeans are 1264 down three and a half. And March soybean meals at $371 a ton down four and a half. And March wheat's at $6.15, up two cents. In our country, elevator prices. Golden Plump in Arcadia is $4.21 for corn. Baldwin, $4.01 for corn and $11.80 for soybeans. Chippewa Falls in Connersville, $3.96 and $11.96. In Durand, it's sitting at $3.96 and $11.70 for beans. Mondobi, 401 for corn and 11.75 for beans. Elmwood 406 and 11.80. Fall Creek is at 3.96 for corn and 11.70 for beans. Osseo 4.11 and 11.80. Elk Mound $4 even for corn and 11.87 for beans. Sparta 408 and 4.89. Ellsworth 3.86 and 11.75. And Loyal's at three ninety six with eleven seventy five for beans, and Arcadia four eleven and eleven eighty five for beans, and our ethanol plants Boyceville's at ele- Boyceville's at four seventeen with Stanley at four twenty one and New Richmond at four sixteen for corn prices, and our cheese markets barrels. 141 and a half, no change from yesterday. 40 pound blocks, 145 and a half, no change from yesterday. And our gray double A butters at 265, down three and a half. And our class three milk futures, January 1526, down a nickel. February 1562, up seven cents. March, up 13 cents to 1632. April 1712, up four cents. And May holding steady from yesterday at 1775. And that market is mixed through the end of the year. And we'll one last look at our weather. Right now it's 27 degrees out our back door. Today we're going to slide on up to 33 degrees with a slight chance of flurries tonight down to 27. Tomorrow 34 and flurries. Tomorrow night 24 and into the 30s into next week. And I hear the weather, the temp is going to drop off at the end of next week. But we are in January. It's kind of expected here in Wisconsin. And I'm, that's what I've got for you for the farm show. And remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.